Thank you for listening to this European Centre for Development Policy Management's ECDPM's Talking Points Audio. In this clip, ECDPM's Head of Strategy, Jean Bessoit, discusses why he was not surprised that the EU might discontinue political economy analysis. This is part two of a four-part series. If you have any comments, leave them below. As a foundation, we were also, in fact, not really surprised that um, there was some nervosity about political economy analysis and that management at a certain moment in time says, okay, uh, let's maybe uh, stop, <laughs> let's maybe uh, do it in a different way. Uh, we were not really surprised for two main reasons. First of all, uh, since decades, uh, the aid sector has been struggling to integrate the political dimension. Uh, Thomas Carotas, uh, a uh, democracy expert, has just written a book about this. Development confronts politics, the, an almost revolution. And the whole book is about this. How can donors work in a more political way? Do they really want to do this? Are the incentives there to do it? His main thesis is that yes, politics is more and more visible now in cooperation, but that at the end of the day, very often donor agencies prefer apolitical, technocratic approaches um, about development goals, and they find it very difficult to fully integrate that political dimension because, of course, it changes quite fundamentally the way you do uh, your work, you do your business. Uh, and he uh, explains that, for instance, uh, there are, of course, all kind of vested interests and that may uh, not be so uh, easy to reconciliate with a political approach to cooperation. You also have to spend a lot of money and we have to disperse, we all have to disperse. Eh? So this is another disincentive to really integrate politics because if you really, for instance, after a political analysis conclude that a certain government is absolutely not willing to change, and you have this in an independent analysis, uh, sophisticated analysis, yeah, then of course it's become much more difficult to grant this government large amounts of money, including in the form of general budget support. So it can also limit your scope of action, especially in terms of disbursement. And there are many other reasons why politics, the integration of politics and development cooperation uh, makes uh, agencies, donor agencies in general, and in particular the European Commission, a bit nervous. Uh, that was, by the way, also clear in the communication and capacity for death on why they wanted to discontinue political economy analysis because it's very risky. Yeah, of course, it's it's a risky thing to uh, to analyze and to work uh, on the basis of these political dimensions. So there was a kind of that disincentive uh, to to fully integrate this. Uh, that is a systemic problem that is not unique to the Commission, but it's there, donor agencies in general. And by the way, that's why the MDGs. And that's the best example and the development mantra for more than uh, a decade uh, has been uh, largely an apolitical thing. Uh, uh, human rights were not mentioned, governance was very indirectly mentioned. This is a good example of how uh, the development community uh, and politics is not an easy marriage. So that's, in this sense it's not a surprise uh, to see that uh, political economy analysis may be a short-lived experience in the EEC, at least in the form we knew it until now. And the second reason is, of course, uh, that uh, political economy analysis also confronts donor agencies with their own political economy analysis. That was very visible in Senegal. Uh, all the actors that were interviewed in the framework of the political economy analysis said yes. Yes, this is a very good idea. Let's together try to better understand why reforms in this country systematically uh, don't get to the results we all want to achieve, including donors. 
But and then they all ask the question, but will you also look at the political economy of the donor agencies here, of the interest of the lead donors, the interest of the European Union, uh, all the aspects uh, that, that drive us to do cooperation with these countries. So that's also, of course, not evident to integrate this in cooperation processes. Uh, your own interest, your own incentives, uh, your own um, uh, incoherences maybe, inconsistencies, which are all part of life, you all know it's there, but to integrate this formally into your cooperation process is also something that uh, donor agencies don't necessarily like, but it's inevitable. The political economy analysis also looks at the interest of the European Union and the member states. So, yeah, that's also sometimes things that you prefer not to <laughs> put too formally on the table. So that's the second reason why we don't believe it's really a surprise that this ex uh, type of exercise, political economy analysis, uh, has a, a difficult start. It's, it's quite logical. Eh? It's difficult anyway, to recapitulate, it's difficult anyway, it's risky anyway. Uh, it confronts you with all kind of dilemmas. Uh, it prevents you generally then to continue with the classical cooperation because you see it's much more complicated to, to really uh, support reforms. Our illusions maybe also a bit, bit, bit less eh, that we can change things and that we can buy reform, for instance. So in many ways, political economy analysis is looking into the mirror. Uh, into the mirror of what you are really doing in a given country. So that kind of analysis can be quite disturbing. Eh? Um, well, uh, that is the aspect of why it was not so much a surprise that at least there was a kind of a, a temporary breakup uh, <laughs> maybe of, of this instrument. That was Jean Bessot, Head of Strategy, talking about political economy analysis. Thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts, leave your comment below.